Hello, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And this is another exciting new episode of Two Player Bros. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing good. All right. So this is going to be like it's the first of the new style episodes we do, where it's more like a deep dive into a specific game. Why don't you introduce what what are we doing a deep dive into today? Um, today we decided to talk about Cuphead. We did. <laughs> uh, very. I, I like Cuphead a lot. I'm surprised you wanted to do this episode because I remember initially, at least, you weren't all that into it. When there was a lot of buildup for Cuphead for what four years? At least four so? years. Yeah, four <laughs> years. It was announced in uh, tw- 2014. And for the, yeah, four, uh, 2014 E3 for. Those three or four years, there's nothing I wanted to play more than Cuphead. And I do a, remember that. Yep. <laughs> and eventually, I kind of forgot about Cuphead <laughs> because it took so long to come out. And then when it did come out, it kind of threw me off. I tried to get into it, but the difficulty kind of turned me off right off the bat. I, For as excited as I was for Cuphead, for as long as I was waiting for Cuphead, I didn't know that much about Cuphead going in other than the art style so when i finally dug in i was really thrown off by the you know the grueling difficulty of the game and the boss battler format so yeah it kind of turned me off off the rip and i never came back to it until it re-released on the switch yeah for those who don't know cuphead is described i guess as a run and gun game but i always thought it was more like a bullet hell type game but it's really it's kind of hard to describe because you don't do all that much running. I definitely wouldn't call it a run and gun game. There are definitely run and gun levels interspersed. Um, but it's like a boss battler. A, boss battle is a good description. Like a boss gauntlet. I don't know what you'd call it. Like a, it, a boxing game, basically. <laughs> it's really interesting because it's almost like it takes the 2D gameplay format of level, 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 and then a boss battle just to break up the monotony. And this game has boss battle, boss battle, boss battle. And... Your levels are few and far between almost to break up the monotony. Everything is a boss battle in this game. I almost think that the um, run and gun levels that we get in the game were just relics of a previous version of Cuphead. Before they, like they decided, let's go full on boss. Yeah, because they just don't feel as good as the rest of the game. I still enjoy them. It just doesn't make sense that they're there. Do you think they would work a little better if you had a little bit more control over your aim? No, I I don't think so. What is it, an eight-point, eight-directional system for shooting? Uh, I think that's more than enough. I just think that they're not telling you a story during those levels, Mm -hmm. other than what's happening in the immediate, like, episodic content of that level. Yeah. You know, not like, it's not moving the Cuphead narrative as you play through. Only the bosses really do that, yeah. I mean, even the bosses don't really, other than the fact that you collect their well i don't know if we want to go into yeah we, we can how structured is this episode we'll <laughs> finish your point and then we'll go back and we'll we'll talk about what cuphead is for those who don't know the run and gun episodes they're just kind of thrown in there i feel like they just had the content already made and we're like all right let's throw it in there they're basically an excuse to give you coins to purchase upgrades because that's the only time you get the coins oh um, is that the, i thought you got coins based on your score on boss fights no, I'm pretty sure you only get the coins for collecting the five of them per run and gun level. Okay, that makes sense. If each of the islands you were on had a narrative going on that was told to you in the one to three run and gun levels, mm-hmm. that would make more sense to me. But they are very much just like standalone levels right now. Like you just know. go into them, complete them. All right, good job. Yeah, exactly. Like all the boss fights, you're trying to collect the souls or whatever to pay off to pay off your debt yeah but with the running gun levels you're just kind of there you don't even need to play them um you can move on to the next island without even playing them oh really after the second island i actually just stopped doing them i haven't done any of the last ones even though i'm through the third island interesting so for those who don't know cuphead is a game released september 29 2017 (laughs) it was originally just an xbox exclusive it was also a Play Anywhere, so it released on PC as well, but then later released on Linux, Mac, and now, as of April 18th, 2019, Nintendo Switch. Don't forget Tesla. That's right. <laughs> I was going to add that in as we like fun facts about it, but yeah, in June 2019, Elon Musk put it into some of the Tesla cars uh, because they have Linux-based OSs, and he really likes Cuphead. I guess it's only the first level, though. It's not the full game. Oh, is that true? Yeah. yeah. So it's like a demo. It's false advertising. 
But uh, so Cuphead was made by the studio MDHR. Studio MDHR. Studio MDHR, which is basically initials, a short form of the last name Moldenhauer, which is the last name of the two brothers who created Cuphead, Chad and Jared. They are Canadian uh, brothers who started work on this in their houses, separate houses, and put a lot of effort into it. But basically Cuphead tells the story of Cuphead and his pal Mugman, <laughs> who love to gamble a little too much, get caught up in a game of dice where they sell their souls to the devil. And the only way out of it is to sign a contract with the devil saying, we'll collect other people's souls for you. And then you'll free us out of this contract. So you have to collect. Does he tell them how many souls he has to collect? Is there no, a set number? He just tells them that they have a, he gives them a list and he says, I need it 48 hours from now. Okay. So Cuphead and his pal Mugman. Well, they say pal, the description I read online said Mugman is his brother, but in the song they say Cuphead and his pal Mugman. So. Well, they're also the wards of a teapot. So. Master Kettle. <laughs> Elder Kettle. El- Elder Kettle, yeah. <laughs> um, so I really don't know the relationship between <laughs> any of them. So they're all obviously cartoon based. It's all very much like the old Disney and Fleischer cartoons of the 30s. And the entire game revolves around you going from level to level in this open world kind of cartoon fantasy land and collecting souls from the different boss battles. As we said, it's a boss battler. So all these different bosses are very animated, very, very super tough, very wide array of characters that Cuphead and Mugman have to defeat in battle and collect their souls. Yes, they do. One thing that's kind of interesting, and I read this today, before they settled on the plot of Cuphead and Mugman getting into trouble, going to the casino, uh, kind of causing their own problems. Yeah. They had like just more of like a save a princess kind of trope. Yeah, I'd read that as well. Yeah. And I think what they did was such a better idea. It just fits so well for those like Fleischer cartoons. Oh, yeah, because it's a little bit on the edge of like not appropriate for kids to be doing. Yeah, like it it reminds me of like, you know, I know Pinocchio is not a Fleischer, but like just, you know, that atmosphere, like boys will be boys getting into trouble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gambling, you know, drinking moonshine with the three X's and those (laughs) cartoons like that's really great. And it's really interesting and really along the lines of what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And plus it, it keeps it away from being, you know, just your typical Mario Brothers. Your princess is under the castle. Although the DLC is about the lady, uh, the cup lady, right? Uh, Miss Chalice. I Miss Chalice, yes. That's not out yet. But Do you think that maybe she's a remnant of, maybe she was that princess who got captured originally? Because I didn't read that. Uh, that could be. I mean, she's definitely not introduced as a princess in the, uh, in what we know about the DLC. Yeah, in the world now, um, yeah. It's very, po- I mean, it's very possible. I also had read that before they settled on mugs, they had like 150 different concepts drawn up of what Cuphead would actually turn into. Things like top hats and all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> Plates and forks. Yeah. I'd be very interested. I don't often buy art of books for games. Well, if it wasn't too much, I would think about getting it for Cuphead. Absolutely. Anyone who's into like just animation, like that kind of art, like the, the cells and like hand drawn stuff. Yep. It's this, this game is really, really incredible art wise. And I think we should mention that it is all actually hand-drawn. Like, mm-hmm. every animation is hand-drawn by the brothers, or did they get somebody else to draw? Um, I think Chad did most of the drawing. I'm sure they brought in more people. Yes. But. Although the game runs at 60 frames per second, all of the animations and stuff are at 24 frames per second, which is great because that's how film is presented. So it gives you that film look even while you're playing the game, even though you still move and see it all as fast and smooth it's still running as a filmic animation style yeah and the the frame rate difference i'm not like a frame rate guy i can't really tell the difference between like 30 and 60 when i'm playing a game Mm -hmm. like i i guess i kind of can pick up on if it's more smooth or not as long as the frame rate's steady the steady frame rate is more important than anything yeah i i can't really tell that big of a difference there's something with cuphead though where because the animation is running at 24, but the gameplay is running at 60. There's something different about it that feels, it just feels a little bit different, not even in a bad way. It's just very unique and I can't really describe it. And I think it really makes everything pop on screen. 
this isn't a great point. <laughs> I get what you're kind of saying, though. I, yeah. just, I don't know how to explain it. He feels, although he moves smooth and it reacts well, he does. I think it gives them a, a very heavy weight to the character. Mm. So you move it. And although you're moving quickly, he still moves with this kind of force that I think the 24 frames per second maybe gives it. I think maybe that's kind of why it feels a little like it pops. Maybe. I, I And I know you like weighty characters. If you listen to last week's episode, <laughs> you know my characters need weight. <laughs> I think this I think that's gonna come up a lot as we talk about games. I might have to have like a like a little segment. How much do they weigh? <laughs> how much do they Where weigh? Well you guess how much each video game character weighs based on your controller settings. I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think James Bond in this game weighs twelve pounds, Mike. He's wearing ice skates. <laughs> James Bond has never felt good in a video game. There I said it. You didn't like uh, Bloodstone? No. Damn, I really like Bloodstone. I don't think Bloodstone gets enough credit. And I think Everything or Nothing is really good as well. Which one was it for uh, 360 that felt kind of like a Gears of War game, had a real deep cover system? That was Bloodstone. You know, Mike, I might have liked Bloodstone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I guess, uh, did you read that Cuphead was actually based on a 1936 Japanese propaganda film? I did. <laughs> I want to find this propaganda film. They didn't, I couldn't see the title of it. Like maybe they don't even remember what the title was, but mm -hmm. I guess he transforms. He's a guy with a cuphead and he transforms into a tank in the animation. Yeah. I got to find this thing. And a lot of that stuff definitely comes through, you know, inspirationally into the game that we're playing. Oh, absolutely. You pick up on all little details, especially while you're playing. And, you know, as you're fighting a boss for the 50th time, like I was fighting the, uh, I can't remember her name, the gumball lady who throws out four different enemies at you that you have to defeat. Mm -hmm. As I was on one of like my 10th or 12th try, I ducked with uh, Cuphead and I noticed the milk splashes, but never quite over his over the cup. And it just tilts with the straw there still tipping in and there's ripples in the straw. And I'm just thinking this is all freaking hand drawn. This is all the work that went into every little bit of animation in this game. This is a very important question. Is Cuphead full of milk? OK, so this is something <laughs> I said milk. I should have brought it up first because I was going to ask you, what do you think's in his cup? Because it looks like milk. You know, I've never really thought about it. I just assumed he was a cup of water and that's not very fun. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's white. It's definitely white. Yeah. It might be full of milk. It is the 30s. I mean, you drink milk with like every meal. Okay. It's, it's not, now canon. <laughs> you're, not, you're not putting your, you're not putting water in your mug for Mugman. Mugman's definitely filled with something else. <laughs> What's he filled? I don't know. Do you think when they get drunk, the suds, it gets all sudsy up there? And they have excise. Mike, they're children. <laughs> they're 1934 children. That's true. <laughs> so you've got a little further in the game than me. I can tell you right now, I know I have died 68 times. Do you know how many times you've died? I do not. When I was on the second island, there's the well that you can go to that tells you how many times you've died. At that time, I was at about 150 deaths. I'm going to guess it's probably 250 now. Nice. Probably. I can double check on that for you off the air. But <laughs> I read um, one reviewer said that he, even though he died over, I can't remember, and forgive me, I should have written down who he was. He said he died about 186 times, and he said he never felt frustrated or angry at the game. He never felt it was unfair. But I thought 186, I was like, he must be really good. You know, that's how hard Cup it is, because after 186, I was like, he must be really good at the game, because I can foresee myself at plus 300. I can see you at 500 <laughs> and never completing the game because of it. <laughs> it is why I'm only on the second island right now. Uh, but I will say I don't get frustrated with Cuphead. I just don't feel like trying. But I, I, I never get mad at the game because I always know that it's something I did. I haven't gotten as far. I know I've heard the devil levels are really bad. But I've never felt like the game was unfair. I always realized that there's something I did. I'm more frustrated at myself than I am at the actual game. Because mm -hmm. there's all the tells, there's all these clues, and you always end up finding a way. It's like, oh, that's how you do it. Yeah. For however many times I may have died, <laughs> there have been maybe less than 10 for sure times where when I've died, I've been angry at someone other than myself. There are times where I feel like I go to parry on something mm -hmm. and it just doesn't give me the parry. I can't even blame Cuphead for that, though. I'm blaming my switch controller. <laughs> and if I'm not blaming my switch controller, I'm blaming me. But 
as far as the game goes, it's really flawless as far as that goes, as at least as far as I'm concerned. No, I think that's that must have been what they spent so much of their time doing was just testing and refining. I know a lot of the game. I know originally they were going to put a bunch of difficulties in the game and they did. I'm taking them out because they just wanted a game that was challenging. They didn't want to cater to people that didn't want to try to play these games. They loved growing up games that were super difficult. The games that you and I grew up with on Nintendo and Sega where there were no second chances. And if you got a game over, you were starting again in a week when you cooled down and you wanted to play the game again. And I think that's really great. And this is kind of a callback. It is a little harder than those games still, but that's because with the ability to save file and have X and then go back to the game whenever you want, you got to make it a little harder to get the challenge up. Yeah. So what they actually put into the game, there are two difficulties available off the rip. There's regular, which is what we play. Mm -hmm. And then there is a simple mode as well. I've never tried simple, so I don't know what actually. Now, what simple is, is the enemies take more damage. So the levels progress faster because it is, you know, a boss battle or you are trying to destroy the boss. Yep. So if you play the simple mode, though, you don't get the final transformation of um, of the boss you're fighting because the bosses, we should probably say, as you're fighting them, they go through these strange, surrealist kind of transformations and just get like bigger and more aggressive or more silly or more anything as they go along. They just kind of like ramp up. Although they all kind of follow a theme like the two frogs in the casino somehow end up becoming a giant slot machine. I mean, that was one of my favorite transformations. It's it's really bizarre. Like here, I I wrote this down just to give you some detail here. (laughs) The very first boss fight in the game, you're in a garden and you can see like a farmhouse in the back. And remember, this is all like 1930s Disney animation. Um, And you see a little fence and there's a tire swing hanging from a tree in the back and it's spinning and the level of detail is fantastic. But then this giant potato (laughs) bursts out of the ground right in front of you and he starts tearing up the earth as he comes up and you can see like almost like a molehill kind of forming around him. Um, And he just starts spitting dirt clumps and worms at you (laughs) and you're just trying to avoid the dirt clumps and worms jumping up and down, shooting at him after you finish him off a giant onion comes up out of the ground. I do remember the onion and the onion is like this, this happy little baby face. And it's so expressive. You can tell that this onion is a child (laughs) and he looks around and you start shooting at him and he starts crying. And then you need to dodge his tears as they fall from the sky. (laughs) Um, And once you finish him off, he goes back underground and a, giant psychic carrot pops up from the ground as well. And he starts launching mind blasts at you. And he's using like telekinetics to guide baby carrots at you, trying to hit you like missiles. And just the way the characters express themselves is insane. And so charming. Like when you down the potato, he starts rubbing his face. Like he's so frustrated that he died. (laughs) The baby onion is like you, it, you can just tell it looking for its mom when it comes out of the ground. <laughs> and then the psychic carrot just looks like some like stage show psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to describe it in better detail than that, but you know, just like that whole like mystic psychic thing. That's kind of like a cliche of the thirties and forties, at least in my head. Um, right. Yep. The guy in the turban with the, like just doing yeah. the Houdini stare. Yeah. The Houdini stare is exactly what I'm trying to think. He like, he gets those eyes, like the Houdini eyes and he's like, rubbing his forehead as he's launching the mind blast at you. And then a third eye pops open as he's doing the blast. And it's, it's crazy. And then when you finally kill him, he starts pulling at his, his tuft of carrot hair, <laughs> like just so frustrated that he lost. Uh, it's really, really amazing. <laughs> Did you read that the brothers actually remortgaged their house to pay for the game? At one point they had used up a lot of their money. So they ended up refinancing all their homes. So they could pay for the rest of the game. And it actually ended up paying off because within the first two years of the game coming out, they have already sold over. They had already sold over five million copies. I don't know what they're at now in 2020. I didn't read uh, the updated number. Yeah, the five million was prior to the Switch release, too, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I know they sold a million in the first year and then five million in the first two. Either way, I'm sure they're Switch sure is, they're doing great. <laughs> Switch is such a, a portable friendly game that I'm sure the Switch sales are fantastic as well. 
that's the main reason that I got back into Cuphead was because of the Switch. I actually feel like I might have made a mistake there and I probably should have stuck with the Xbox. It seemed like a great game to play on the train. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, these quick levels, just try the boss a handful of times. The game demands so much of you in terms of precision and not messing up mm-hmm. that the Switch control, the Switch uh, Joy-Cons don't really lend themselves too well to it. Yeah, um, I can see that. I mean, I was able to find success on the train, but mainly I found when I would get home, I was like, I have to dock the switch. I have to dock <laughs> it and get on the pro controller. Um, and it's a bit better there. But. Okay. Plus, I mean, as good as the switch display is, you know, you really putting it on the TV and seeing Cuphead in all its glory, I think is, is you really appreciate the level of detail when you see it on the big screen as well. That is definitely true too. Cause the first time I docked it, I was like kind of taken aback by, <laughs> by how good it looked. And I started noticing those small little details that were kind of missing, um, at least from my observational eye. <laughs> yeah, while you're on the while train. I was on the train. And I guess they originally they were going to have a lot more DLC to this game. They were going to release DLC consistently with packs that would have 10 to 15 bosses each and kind of just be like expansions in the game Sonic and Knuckles style. So you'd always play it would be the same game, but now it'd be a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. So never a true sequel, but always more and more to the game which i thought was a really cool idea but obviously when it's all hand-drawn animation like that i guess it's pretty much impossible so they ended up just going to have what's it called the final deal the last course it's called the last course yeah. which hasn't come out yet it was supposed to come out um it was revealed in 2018 i think it was supposed to originally come out in 2018 or early 2019 it was supposed to come out in 2019 and it was delayed till 2020 because they didn't no want set date yet yeah they didn't want to do a crunch which is in the video game world for developers where, you know, right before a game is released, you work basically 24 hours a day. You eat, sleep and breathe the game that you're working on. And I guess they didn't really want to do that to their crew. So, which I know is a very small crew. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many people were on the actual team, but. From what I can read, it seemed like only, you know, max 15 people, maybe, which is super impressive, but that's why it took so long. So the game also has a fantastic score. Uh, that we should mention because you know the art style really lends itself to that time period but so does the score to the game i think the score is fantastic it is i'm not a big music guy when it comes to games like i mean i enjoy the soundtracks to games when i'm playing them Mm -hmm. but after i'm done playing it there are very very few games where i would recognize oh that song from the game i mean you've got like donkey kong country's title music you've got halo obviously Mm -hmm. Mario, Sonic, the big ones, basically. Honestly, if you played Sonic's music right now, I would probably recognize that it's from a game I've played, but I probably wouldn't be able to. I can't hum you Sonic's song right now. The original Sonic? No, lay it on me. That definitely sounds like Sonic. Wow, really? I wouldn't have put that to Sonic. I mean, it sounds fast. That's actually, that's a really good song for Sonic. <laughs> um, but no, I probably wouldn't have been able to place that off, Interesting. off the rip. I mean, you'd also know, obviously, Zelda as well. No? Well... That I would recognize. That's Link's theme. Okay, that plays in, that plays in all of them. The other one only plays in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. As far as music goes, it's just never hits. I, I said no. Da, 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 da. Wait, no, no. See, I can't even. I can't even replicate the one I'm trying to do. So I'm moving on. Final Fantasy victory music. Oh. <laughs> no, can't do it. See. Now Cuphead and his pal Mugman. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that's a, it's, it tells you the story Time of the game. To roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be our commercial. For We're going to do a quartet ver- or duet version of uh, the Cuphead theme. Never has there been a, <laughs> never has there been a theme song to a game that does such a quick, concise job of telling you everything you need to know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like these guys are, are cool with each other. They got into trouble gambling. They have to pay off the debt for the devil or they're going to die. Christopher Madigan did the score, 
uh, which he did. It's 51 tracks long. It's a, it's a lot of music it in is. this game. I was listening to it on Spotify last night as I was reading. I just threw it on in the background. Right. It's it's impressive. And there's jazz and big band musicians that he, he got to do it, because obviously that's a lot of the Fleischer cartoons of the 30s and a lot of the Disney cartoons as well. And they just really go for it. It's got like for such a small team putting out. I mean, it it had a lot of attention right off the bat with E3. And obviously Microsoft put a lot of of their faith in it by really showcasing it that year. But I mean, it was a very small team putting on a very small game and to have, you know, this huge soundtrack with these big scores and very well written that you could definitely see that in any cartoon or kids movie that you would watch on TV or in the movies. It's really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We just talked about this. I'm not that big of a music guy when it comes to like having knowledge about music either. But there's so much. The piano in it is just so well done. And I don't know why, like I just pick up on the piano when I'm listening to all the songs. Mm -hmm. But something about the whoever did the piano specifically for Cuphead. (laughs) Good on them. They talk a lot about like the jazz aspect of the music. Mm -hmm. but. It's more like that big band stuff that I'm into when I'm listening to it. Yeah, there's and there's not as many jazz songs. Jazz comes in in a few tracks, but it's mostly big band. Mm. I will say I listened to it also in Spotify a little bit. Also, while I was doing my research (laughs) (laughs) and it did throw me off that it didn't have that crackle to it because the game has that old school crackle. I was reading about Indians, so I don't know what you're talking about. You just had it doing whatever. (laughs) I had it on while I was researching Cuphead. But I did notice that it was clearer because the game gives it that crackle, like that record crackle that I loved. It's perfect. And uh, I also like Porkchop's voice. (laughs) 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 It's like it's done in a way that's like right before you could record good dialogue, like right as silent film and regular films were taken off, like talkies. (laughs) What's he what's he actually saying? When you enter a shop, yeah, no clue. Okay. When you leave, he's like, "Get out!" <laughs> I I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't. That's the one part of Cuphead that I don't know if you need. Like, I like that it's there, being able to upgrade and change your Cuphead and kind of customize them to what suits you. But I don't know if it was actually necessary. Like, how much of that's really necessary? It looks like they give you a lot of choices, but I, at least where I am at, I don't really feel like I need to. You're talking about just the shop? Just a shop. I got my shotgun one and I got my machine gun one and machine gun being the pea shooter. The pea shooter. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool to have different guns and there are definitely, or we call them guns, but they're really snaps. Yeah. Um, You just snap at his fingers like old school style. Yeah. So he snaps his fingers and a giant blue orb pops out, like a blue bullets pop out or the globs is like grenade type uh, things, a boomerang. He has, um, you mentioned your shotgun thing, which is like a, just a barrage of like red triangles, tri <laughs> tri-directional <laughs> um, triangles. Now, actually, when I started playing the other day, I had forgotten that I had a second weapon. So I was just using the pea shooter and I, I was thinking, I thought I had other options, but at the same time, I never felt like I really wanted these other options. Like, ah, whatever. No, I, I definitely. Oh, make, no, then I used my shotgun and I was like, I don't know why I didn't want my shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I usually mix up the uh, the weapons I use based on the boss. Like I'll you I'll, do go back. OK, I'll give him I'll give the boss like three to ten tries. <laughs> <laughs> and if the weapons I have aren't working, I'll make a change. Um, a lot of like the a lot of the bosses are massive. They'll take up like up to a third of the screen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So with enemies like that, I like to go for the charge shot. So you doesn't have auto fire. You have to hold the button down Mm -hmm. to charge it up and then release when it's a big blast because there's really no fear of missing. There are some enemies that take up just the bottom quadrant of the screen. So it's kind of hard to shoot them without aiming directly down, which it doesn't feel great. Yeah. So I'll use the lob grenades on those guys. Okay. And then if it's a character where I'm being forced to like get up in their face, that's when I break out the, the shotgun that you like to use. The shotgun is usually my secondary for whatever I'm doing. Because it is good for just like massive damage just to run up into them. Right. One thing that's interesting, if you look online, most people just stick with the pea shooter, like all like the speed runners and stuff that I was mm-hmm. watching. I don't know if that's like just like a, a rule for the speed running community. Um, <laughs> well, they don't have time to go into the shop and buy a new gun. Maybe. Um, but yeah, most they mostly seem to be sticking to the uh, the pea shooter, the, the starting weapon. 
that's what I get to start with. But I mean, I, I'll try out the other things, but I, I like the pea shooter a lot. It's quick. It's easy. Yeah. One gun that they have um, that I think is pretty interesting. It's called the chaser. And all you have to do is just hold down the trigger. But you don't actually have to aim. So it, it's not very strong, but it just has like homing missiles that track down the uh, the boss. I saw that for sale at the shop last night when I was playing and I almost bought it, but I didn't understand what they were trying to describe at all. So basically what this gun is for, it does very little damage. But as we were talking about before, Cuphead is extremely difficult mm -hmm. and it's extremely difficult in the fact that you need to be applying pressure and damaging the boss while also avoiding, you know, the everything, <laughs> the boss himself, and then obstacles as well with the chaser. It kind of takes the, I need to hurt the boss aspect out of it because you're just holding down the right trigger. You, whatever you shoot is going to find what it needs to hit. Um, and you can just focus on the platforming and stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of a cop out, but it doesn't feel too overpowered. I had to use it for one fight. I did feel kind of bad about it. <laughs> it that's an interesting ad be, to kind of like quell the difficulty a little yeah, bit. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Quell the difficulty, but it was, <laughs> it was hard to say, Mike. <laughs> I don't think it's a good word to use there, but it's also the word that popped into my head. Yeah, because I have to imagine a great majority of the people that set out to play Cuphead stopped playing Cuphead very early on much like I did when it came out in 2017. It is brutal, brutal Be difficulty. It really is. And with that, though, the game does such a good job of training you as you go. Like, if you're having trouble now on the second island, it only gets worse, Mike. But once you get to the third island, you're going to take everything you learned on the second island <laughs> <laughs> and apply that to your skills. I remember when I first started playing on the Switch, I was having a lot of trouble on the first island. Now I'm through the third island. I still haven't beat the game. I'm at the the finale, essentially. Um, but I, I was having some trouble with it, so I went back to the first island just to do some other fights, kind of refresh myself for, for us here. Mm -hmm. And I fought the first four bosses, and within the first, like, three tries of each of them, I was able to A-plus it, you know, and max out the score on it. Um, and these guys took me lives and lives and lives when you started, when I started. <laughs> so I definitely have gotten better at Cuphead through playing Cuphead. Well, that's good. And the difficulty progression, I feel like is very fair. <laughs> there are, two I hate that candy lady. The candy land one was pretty difficult. Yeah. But again, they're all difficult. So. <laughs> the roller coaster guy has gotten me uh, quite a few times and I kind of gave up on him. Roller coaster guy. Which one's he? He's in Candyland. He's red and he's red and oh, blue. Gotcha, gotcha. He was kind of tough. So I, I died a few times. And I was just like, you know, let me try one of the other bosses in the island. So I tried Candy Lady and I tried Candy Lady for like an hour and a half straight and went from. Oh, is that's where I went from 60 deaths to my 80 whatever deaths. I think you're talking about Beep Beep the Clown. Is that the is that the roller coaster guy? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I was throwing off. I was because <laughs> he doesn't he's not a roller coaster guy. Right? He has a roller coaster. He's got a attack. roller coaster cart, right? He's he's you're on like an abandoned roller coaster. Yeah, he's, but. he's a big clown face. I think. Yeah. I don't think he actually. I don't know if he ever has a body, but he's a big clown face. Uh, he has a body. The first his first form has a body. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, it's it's tough. Did you fight Wally Warbles yet? He's a giant bird. Is he? Uh, he's from the first island, I believe. No, no, then no, I have not. Okay, you're. You're I'm gonna, at the first part of the, the aisle still. You're going to throw down the controller and stop playing. Is he um, your worst? Is he your worst enemy? He was the one I had the most difficulty with. He's not the worst um, as far as like being fair or whatever. But, but personally to you? Personally, he was the one I had the most challenge with. Yeah, he's a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bird. And uh, there are a few levels in the game where you stop being cuphead and start being cuphead in an airplane. Uh, so you're flying around in like an airplane as you're fighting this bird. Wow. I'm not a huge, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the airplane levels. They break up the monotony a little bit, but I just don't feel like there's enough going on in the airplane levels for me to really be a fan. I wish that there were a few more weapons on the airplanes in the same way that there are when you're in the platforming mm -hmm. um, style boss fights. But I, I disagree. I think they're some of the best levels, honestly, I, I enjoy them. But I think I was really looking when I first saw the video 
which do I think you, is the second one where they announced airplanes. And I saw it. I was like, oh, airplanes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, airplanes. Do you have the bombs yet? Or do you still have just the I just shooter? got the bombs in this new airplane level where you're fighting the genie guy. Oh, the, and the, the bombs do add to it. But I think whereas I don't think you need all the weapons as Cuphead, I think because you're kind of more locked into a certain type of battle every plane level, a bigger assortment of weapons would help for the plane. Yeah, the plane levels make you really think about what mod you're going to bring in as far as we haven't really talked about the weapons. It's the, pow- the, the weapons. The pickups or the power-ups. The, the power-ups, yeah. So you have like a power-up that makes it to where you can parry automatically. Mm-hmm. There's a power-up where when you do your dodge move, you become invisible and you're just immune to damage during the dodge animation you become a like a puff cloud of smoke that's what i use right now there's a option where you uh when you parry you actually launch some axes Ooh, um, i don't think i have that available yet. that's the last one you can get and then there's one that just fills up your super meter faster so even if you're not shooting your super meter slowly fills as you go so in those flying levels that's the most important choice you can make going in Oh, and there's also one where you have, can have an extra heart, but you do less damage when you attack. So in some fights where there's a lot of small projectiles, the smoke parry is the best. Sometimes if you keep getting hit, you might you might want to throw on that extra heart. And it would be I'm sorry, I kind of I lost my train here, but <laughs> it would be better if there was more variety in the airplanes. Yeah, just cut, cut all this out. It's all nonsense, Mike. Because <laughs> <laughs> the airplanes, you know, those passive abilities work with the airplanes. They but, do. You don't you don't bring in your weapons, but you do bring in your passive um, and you, you don't bring in your super either. You have a super ability as well. We didn't talk about that. You become a giant bomb. Um, you can become a giant bomb. You can become a giant muscular cuphead ghost and <laughs> you can become invulnerable, I think, with the third one. But I've never actually used it. I think you just become invincible for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah the, the airplane ones are fun, but I think a bigger variety of weapons that you could bring would, would help it. But it is cool to see Mugman, you know, flying a little biplane with his uh, or propeller plane with his goggles on wreaking havoc. He's adorable. <laughs> They're all adorable. <laughs> Everything is adorable. In this Even game. the bosses are adorable. They are. They're... I really can't get over the level of detail that that went into everything in this game. Well, did you read that there is going to be a Cuphead show on Netflix? You know, I did, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no real information about it right now. All we know about it is it's called the Cuphead Show, um, and it's being executive produced by Dave Wasson, who uh, played a part in a lot of the Mickey Mouse shorts, and Cosmo Sigerson, who uh, was a writer for Rocco's Modern Life and a bunch of other cartoons. I think with the background of those two, it's good for Cuphead. It's very much what Cuphead is, right? Ooh, like true, yeah. Mickey Mouse animation, but also some weird ass shit <laughs> which is very much like Rocco's modern life and that kind of stuff yeah someone like that can put that more fleischer kind of not cool for disney edge to it mm-hmm. that maybe the like a mickey mouse short wouldn't have because that's what it is it's kind of like mickey mouse if he went out and got a tattoo and you know disappointed his parents or something like that like <laughs> he's like the, the hardcore mickey mouse which still isn't that hardcore but i mean for mickey mouse it would shock him to his core but it's also i guess the executive producers of cuphead are also the executive producers on the show as well yeah the uh the creators of cuphead are which i like because clearly they know exactly what they're doing with this style of cartoon and this style of animation so i know it's not going to be 100 percent hand-drawn but it's still going to be in the vein of cuphead have they said that because i couldn't find any information they about did, the show yeah. outside of what i just told you that's all i know they, oh and i know that netflix has it classified as quirky <laughs> on its landing page on the website yes it is going to be family friendly they said yeah. it is going to be a, a show for kids and adults there's going to be it's going to be kids comedy but there's going to be stuff peppered in for adults to be like uh like you see in most cartoon shows for kids now and and definitely for movies like pixar and disney and warner brothers animation you're gonna have you're gonna get jokes that maybe the kids just aren't gonna get mm-hmm. but aren't gonna be like super inappropriate for them yeah i would definitely be into watching the cuphead show yep sounds like a good time and obviously cuphead has taken off quite a bit since it was released and there's a ton of merchandise for it that you can get you can get you know statues and and action figures and Mugman and cuphead costumes on halloween yeah there's a there's a real industry around it they've kind of 
really caught on. <laughs> and if you just look at them, don't even play the game. Just look at them. <laughs> it's completely understandable why. <laughs> like they are just amazing characters. Absolutely. Apparently just last week or a couple weeks ago, a children's book came out called uh, Cuphead and the Carnival of Chaos. That's on sale on Amazon. <laughs> is it our Cuphead? It is our Cuphead. It's, okay. So I was really hope when I saw this, I was really hoping it was going to be a graphic novel. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Yep. With just like illustrations. Um, On that kind of hijinks and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's it's a chapter book. There are some pictures in it. Womp womp. Womp womp. I guess uh, Super Smash Brothers also added some Cuphead stuff to it not too long ago. They did. This this should actually be a segment of our podcast. Um, does this character belong in Smash Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, I think it's a resounding yes. Yes. Um, he wasn't added as a playable character, but he is there as a spirit, which is like, I don't know how familiar you are with, with Smash Brothers, but they used to do the trophies. Now they do spirits. I'm, I mean, I'm familiar with Smash Brothers, but yes, I've got, I've got some spirit cards. <laughs> My mistake, Mike. <laughs> um, and they also added Cuphead kind of as a playable character in that your your me character can get a bunch of Cuphead apparel. Boo. Um, yeah, it's a cop out. <laughs> but Cuphead definitely belongs as a playable character in Smash Brothers, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes. I don't I mean this isn't the time or place, but Smash Brothers has too many anime humans characters. It it's, needs more it needs more anthropomorphic fun guys like that. We'll we'll save who else should be in for should this character be in Smash Brothers <laughs> in future segments. Future segments. <laughs> From what I read, I think this might be their first Xbox Play Anywhere game. Microsoft's first Xbox Play Anywhere. Because from what I read, they made a big deal out of Cuphead being Xbox Play Anywhere. But I could be wrong. Can I ask you a serious question? Yes. What's play anywhere <laughs> <laughs> so xbox play anywhere is a feature that xbox came out with last uh, no 2017 when cupboard came out and it's basically any game you buy on the xbox if it's available on pc you can play it on pc if you buy it on pc you can play it on your xbox at no extra cost so if i signed on like i signed on on my laptop to my syslack uh, my I'm by the way, I'm the Sizzlack at Xbox, which I think I've said before, if you don't want to find me, I can go log on to that on my game store and I can play Cuphead. I'll just download it and play it from my laptop because I've owned it on that device. OK. And it will import all my cloud saves and all my characters and stuff like that if there is a game that has that. So I can play my Cuphead saves on either device. And I believe if you're part of the X streaming service, you can also play it that way as well. Cool. So that's Xbox Play Anywhere. <laughs> Basically, if it's available on another system, you can play it there. I know Xbox was talking with, there's rumors about it. They haven't officially announced it, that there will be a feature. You can go on your Xbox store on Switch eventually. I remember that being rumored like a year ago or maybe longer than that ago now. I would love that so much. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Like Basically, it's Microsoft saying, well, we don't care if you get an Xbox. You should. It'd be awesome. But also, we want everybody to be able to play our games. We want to be able to increase our brand across everything. So no matter where you go, you're going to see Xbox. Yeah, if if you could use xCloud to stream to Switch, that just that'd be wild to me. I want <laughs> I want that, Mike. That is a cool partnership, and that that puts Nintendo in a great position of because of its branding, it never needs to be in the position where it's the most powerful system. Because I think that's the reason you and I usually get the Nintendo system is we're not getting Mario or Zelda any other way. But now you have the added bonus of I can play this through my Switch. Well, I I bought the Switch for the portability. For the portability. I mean, I have Mario and Zelda. Don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> I haven't played either of them for more than 20 minutes because they aren't great mobile games as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's fair. But. But yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. I mean, Nintendo's always been the first party console. You know, you, you buy it for the first party titles. You're never playing anything else there. Yep. Which is why you can never get them for sale. <laughs> <laughs> if you had any criticisms over Cuphead, what would it be? I. You're wrong. It's perfect. No, go ahead. <laughs> Cuphead's amazing. <laughs> the parry system just doesn't 
make a lot of sense. Like I get it makes sense. I get the parry system. I get how it works. I just think it's not as well implemented as it could have been. It's not as important as it should be. I think. I don't think it's as vital. Or maybe it gets vital later on. But I think at, from where I've gotten to in the game, I think it's a use it or you lose it kind of a thing. And I think it would increase the difficulty of the game and the just what you have to think about while you're playing the game to put the parry system as more of a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get later in the game, the parry system will become more of a necessity. That If I had to complain about one thing about Cuphead, it would be in a similar vein as that. It's that as you go on, the game is always trying to keep everything fresh, which is nice but they start doing stuff with the parry system that you hadn't been doing previously where you need to actually parry to avoid obstacles and stuff. Um, in the earlier fights, the only reason you're ever parrying and you're right about this, it's to collect a bar super to use yeah, your to super get more attack. meter. Um, you're very rarely doing it to avoid damage. Right? I mean, it, it works in that role, but you don't need to do it. But later in the game, there might be a giant obstacle coming at you and you need to parry off of, two or three things in a row to get over that obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that they try to keep it fresh, but it kind of catches you off guard at how quickly they implement it. Earlier, I was talking about how the difficulty progresses really nice throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And it does such a great job with that by slowly teaching you how to use this mechanic as the game goes on. And that's the one thing where towards the end of the game, they kind of just throw a new mechanic at you for some reason. That I would have the way you're describing the parry is the way it should have been from the beginning of the game mm-hmm. being necessary to defeat the boss or necessary to not take damage. Whereas right now it's an added bonus of get a little bit extra. Yeah. Like check out this purple thing. <laughs> there's a fight in the casino that I'm in right now where a deck of cards is walking. <laughs> a deck of cards is walking across the screen and you have no way to get out of their path but you need to parry off of all the red cards, which are actually pink because the parry system uses pink just to stay off the ground, you know, for 10 seconds while all the cards are going through and different things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. That'd probably be that. Maybe a bit larger selection of store stuff. Earlier. Didn't you say you didn't want a store? If you have the store, I guess give me more. Okay. I mean, I guess so. I'm really surprised that they don't have like, unlockable characters in different skins for cuphead like we talk about the store it's just changing your weapons and power-ups and stuff i think skins would be amazing i i mean obviously it's all hand-drawn so that, that's a lot of work for them as i was saying it i realized <laughs> oh wait it's because it's all hand-drawn animation <laughs> but i think that would have been cool dlc if they added that you know as for as much animation as there is just that one character it doesn't seem like it'd be that excessive I don't know how many animations they, I would be curious how many animations they have for Cuphead. You know what would tell you? The Art of Cuphead book. <sighs> we need that book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think skins would be cool. I said earlier they have 150 different concepts of what Cuphead might have looked like. Give um, us a top five. Let me play as a top hat <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it might be. For as rich as the world is, when you're walking around like the overworld and stuff, I wish there was like a little bit more on it. When you beat a level, you just get like the boring generic flagpole. Mm-hmm. So I, I had been getting just the red flagpole with the white flag on it every time I beat a level. Then when I went back to the first world and I started a plusing levels, I was expecting like some stuff like a cool flag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the only thing that happens when you get an a plus is the color of the flagpole changes. The flag stays like that boring white flag with a mug face on it. And I don't know. I, I think they missed out there. I guess it all does come back to the hand-drawn animations probably mm-hmm. because the flagpole is a static color and the flag waving on it would need to be, it'd be more work to change the animation on that than it would right. be a static flagpole. Sorry for this episode. <laughs> it's not, we didn't do a great job structuring it. We're going to work on that guys. <laughs> One thing that I, meant to mention earlier is did you read about all like the secret boss fights and stuff that they've added over the past year? No, they've added secret bosses. So it's, it's like some small things. Um, earlier I described that potato encounter, right? Mm -hmm. So during that boss fight, when the onion comes up, the sad little baby onion, if you don't attack it after like 30 seconds, it goes back in the ground and you don't have to fight it. 
But then when you're fighting that evil carrot, there's also a little jerk radish that comes out of the ground and he's, <laughs> he starts spinning around after you. And there, I guess there's like three or four of them in the game. One other cool thing that they have, I know this is just rambling at this point. That's fine. <laughs> it's final thoughts. <laughs> um, if you get an A plus ranking on every level, you can unlock like a black and white filter for the game. So, you know, it takes all the color out and it looks more like, like, you know, an old Popeye cartoon or something. Cause mm-hmm. original Popeye was black and white. Right. In my head, it was sure. Um, whatever. <laughs> Who's listening? <laughs> um, and I wish that there were more unlockable filters like that as well. Or the black and white filter wasn't so hard to to get. <laughs> no one's ever getting the black and white filter. I'm sure people have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wish there was a little more content on top of the amazing stuff that they already put there. Something to make you want to keep playing. Something a little like a little bit of reward every once in a while. I mean, just trying to go back and a rank every level is a good enough reason to keep playing. But yeah, just one little thing. I don't know what it is, but it just needs one or two little things to <laughs> carrot me. <laughs> I think with the addition of the last course DLC. Delicious last course. The delicious last course. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully with what they add there. After they release it, you know, take some time off. They'll be inspired to do Cuphead 2. And hopefully they'll have enough money to hire a larger team. So it doesn't take another four or five years to create the game. And they do some of the ideas they used to have, like the DLC that would come out with an extra 10 to 15 bosses every once in a while. New characters, new skins, all all this new stuff that could be implemented to really make Cuphead's world, you know, incredible. I don't want to ever encourage developers to try to nickel and dime people. (laughs) But Cuphead is definitely a game where if they just even released a boss fight, just one new level, you know, I'd probably pay five bucks just for one level of Cuphead. Yeah, five bucks isn't bad for a level of Cuphead. The amount of time it takes you to beat a level, that's you put your time into it. I mean, we didn't really talk about this. If you beat the level, it's a minute and a half, two and a half minutes. <laughs> probably not worth five bucks but i'd pay five bucks (laughs) yeah but then you got to realize how much hand-drawn animation they put into it but (laughs) that's what sucks (laughs) it it is just really nice to look at um but if they did something like that every every six months just one new level of cuphead they could just feed me forever (laughs) (laughs) i would keep buying dlc for cuphead i i would also do that my final note would probably be and this is just kind of wishful thinking. I guess the creator of the uh, survival horror game, it's listed as Bendy and the Ink Machine, which has a similar vein style to it, taken off of the Fleischer cartoons. And I've seen pictures and videos of it. And I do want to get it at some point. I guess they also really loved Cuphead. And, and the reason they chose that art style was a an homage to Cuphead. They want to get all the games that kind of do that kind of animation together and make their own little uh, Super Smash Bros style fighter where they take the characters from these games and, and set them against each other. And I think that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, but let's just get Cuphead and Smash. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think that's it for the day. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Cool. All right. How do you, how do you end a show? <laughs> you know how to end the you show. You just do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, join us next week, guys. We'll be bringing you a different game or games. Uh, to talk about do we know what we're gonna play this week i think we're gonna play some darksiders genesis and talk are about you, that are you committing to that mike i'm committing now i will put it on air we're going to do darksiders genesis i'm not going to enjoy it probably spoiler alert i'm gonna have some criticisms but let's like let's give it a try i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> all right do your thing all right. If you like the sound of my voice, guys, uh, well, first of all, this has been Two Player Bros. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode. You can join me and Dave every week where we do a deep dive on a different game. Uh, we play games on all different systems, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, Switch. I've got VR we can do. Just if you guys have any suggestions, let us know as well. You can email us at twoplayerbros at gmail.com. You can listen to our podcast on twoplayerbros.com. You can see the links to all the social media as well as where you can listen. One thing to throw in, not to derail you there i did mention it earlier we are working on the format of the show this one definitely was a little bit more unstructured i kind of like this me too but i have a feeling when i listen to this you're not gonna like i'm gonna say what the hell are these guys doing 
<laughs> awesome. So we'll see. Um, it is a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our show. It sucks, but uh, we'll be better. I didn't say it sucks. <laughs> So if you think this show sucks, but you still enjoy the sound <laughs> of my voice, you can check out my other podcast, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast about movies that for whatever reason seem to have been forgotten by audiences, whether the, another movie came out at the same time or it simply didn't catch on with an audience initial run. Me and my buddy Mike Field go over what we loved about the movie, what we remember liking about it, fun facts about the production and why it was forgotten. Uh, and that is also available wherever podcasts can be found or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. I've also got Crackle One Open that I do with my fiance Elise, where we, it's a uh, podcast about bruise news and pop culture reviews. We crack open a different beer or wine, something craft created at the beginning of every episode. We go over where it came from, the style, the tasting notes, a little bit about the art on the label, because in today's day and age, I think the marketing is almost as important as the thing inside the container. And then we go over the week's pop culture news or reviews, whatever caught our eye, whatever we were watching at the time. So it's just kind of you're hanging out with me and Elise while we drink this different beverage. And that's also available wherever podcasts can be found and also on social media at Crack One Open. And that's all I got. And we look forward to <laughs> shitting on Darksiders Genesis next week. I'm excited for Darksiders Genesis. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to shit on it. I, I thought I'm you not going to eat a huge I thought you were about to thank our audience for their service. <laughs> you thank you. <laughs> and thank you for your service. All right. I'm out. Let me tell you about Wally fucking Warble, Mike. <laughs> You start in your airplane form and there's a big cuckoo clock going off. And on the last ding, a giant bird explodes out of it. He takes up like a six of the screen. So now it's less of a clock and more of a birdhouse. His head and neck are protruding out of the front of it. His wings are coming out these long windows on the side and his feet are kind of hanging out there on the bottom. He looks sort of like Woody Woodpecker, but less humanized, more of a bird. <laughs> Other than these big eyes that have a lot of personality. <laughs> so his head just can turn into a wrist with a glove on it that launches these three giant bullets at you diagonally across the screen. He coughs up these eggshells that spin as they're coming towards you, and when you hit the back wall of the screen, they just break, and debris from the eggshell starts bouncing back towards you from behind. These smaller birds start flying at you rank and file across the screen, and they are determined to kill you with nails rubber banded to their backs like jousters. <laughs> Eventually, his head turns into an old old school steam whistle and sirens off and then turns back into a bird and he starts getting frustrated and he's trapped in this birdhouse. So he's shaking and flapping violently. His feathers start flying off in all directions and you need to weave in between them. He flaps himself into exhaustion and you have this one big opening to land easy damage. And eventually you will hit him so much that all of his feathers fall off and he looks like a big plucked bird and he falls out of his birdhouse. And then the house explodes, Mike. But boom, huge reveal. He was just a daddy bird trying to protect his baby. <laughs> his baby, though, is an evil piece of shit with psychic powers. <laughs> so he's now there's this little baby bird floating around on a nest with this look of pure malice. <laughs> and he's got this psycho grin on his face with these little baby bird teeth in his beak and then this jerkwad starts spinning eggs around himself and they're kind of like expanding out and retracting back in across the screen kind of like a barrier around him and you need to like dodge in and out and weave in between them and then this little dick pulls out a sci-fi ray gun and starts <laughs> shooting these pink orb missiles at you and i hate him mike i hate him <laughs> so you finally kill him. You give him a spank and he flies away crying and stamping his little bird feet and you want to be done and you deserve, you deserve to be done, Mike. But no, turns out that giant daddy bird you downed at the beginning got caught by these adorable little bluebirds in medic outfits and now they're flying him on a stretcher trying to get him to the hospital. <laughs> But you, some sort of family grudge, decide this bird needs to die. <laughs> so you start shooting at him. So the bluebirds start shooting medicine out of their mouths at you while this big bird coughs out his heart, which obviously has a mouth of its own and decides to spit bullets at you before it lands back in his mouth and he swallows his own heart. Then his head turns into a trash can and Apple cores, boots, and all your typical 1930s cartoon trash start getting projected across the screen at you. Finally, 
you knock him out and the little bluebird say fuck it and start seasoning him with salt and pepper and the screen fades out it's <laughs> wild it's insane and i kind of love it 